0: At Marshalls, our buyers hustle to get you great deals on great gifts.
1: Cashmere sweater, nice.
0: You'll get brand name, quality gifts for everyone on your list and yourself too. Hello, designer fragrance. More brands, more quality, more gifts for less. At Marshalls, gift the good stuff.
1: It's all gonna be. It's all gonna be there for posterity on the internet. It's never gonna go away. I thought you put me through. First, it was free Jack. Then it was June. Now it's fucking life, there <laughs>
0: Everyone, and welcome to Pop Screen, part of the Geek Show Podcast Network. We are the corner of the Geek Show podcast universe that deals with the good, the bad, and the preposterous films, either starving by or about pop stars. I'm your host, Graeme Williamson. I'm a film critic for the Geek Show and horrified.com, as well as a filmmaker in my own right. You can find me on Twitter at GrahamWfilm and on Letterboxd as Graham Williamson. I'm joined this week by.
1: Hello, I am Prob, also known as The Other Rob. Uh, I am one of the uh, originators of this uh, machine-like structure called The Geek Show, and uh, I currently do uh, News Trash, which is our uh, video games news sh- news show that we do like two times a week now.
0: Indeed. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Only you can answer that.
1: Yeah. I also have a tendency to get punished by Graham, for when I'm not on pop screen long, uh, for a long period of time, he makes me oh, do yeah. things like watch what we watched this time.
0: Exactly, yes, because you see, <laughs> listeners, obviously these days, Star Wars is a franchise behemoth with its image carefully protected by the studio, but back in 1978, it was... <laughs> oh, no, wait, it was that, which makes it even more inexplicable that today's film actually <laughs> happened.
1: Then again, there are a lot of people who are equating the prequel trilogy sorry, no the sequel trilogy, to the Star Wars holder special. Because I mean, of how just off the rails it went.
0: I have not seen Rise of Skywalker, but I the least you can say of it is that it will be competently shot.
1: Uh, yeah. But it could have been improved, many people agree, it could have been improved with a uh, with a musical number somewhere in there.
0: Yeah, well, it goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listeners, this week it's the Star Wars Holiday Special, probably the most widely seen bootleg in cinema history, would you say? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yes, I mean, given the fact that it's on YouTube... <laughs> and it will
0: never be officially released
1: oh no it will never be officially released and it's on youtube in all its advertising glory <laughs> cuz right at the beginning of it it just comes up with this is this this special is sponsored by general motors people making transport for other people <laughs> or something like that <laughs> like this is the most bizarre
0: opening i've seen it had different continuity announcements, depending on what region of America you were watching it in. Uh, the one I watched had yeah. the opening announcement saying, The Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. And you think, oh good, someone got away I with saw that reputation one as well. intact. That was the CBS one, I think. Yeah. Right. The most uh, yeah. <laughs> famous... Mine started off with that. The most famous announcement on the bootlegs is the the newcaster Roland Smith, at one point in one of them, turn, appears and just turns to the camera and goes, Fighting the Frizzies at 11, which is such a bizarrely <laughs> disconnected The thing <laughs> is, it fits. <laughs> it Weirdly, <don't>... it fits. <laughs> It vases your hopes that he's gonna come back and kick the shit out of all of the Wookiees. Here.
1: Especially Itchy. Oh.
0: Itchy is vile. Creepy grandpa he was. Itchy is uh and... Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
1: do you know what it is? It's like they went they went okay. How many Wookiees do we need? We need four Wookiees. Chewbacca. Nala, uh, Mala or Nala whatever, his name, whatever her name is and then they kind of lost interest in naming them after that <laughs> <laughs> and
0: they went itchy and lumpy <laughs> but itchy beats Jabba the Hutt as the most degenerate character in the Star Wars universe doesn't he
1: oh god yeah um, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a tasty bit to come to in a bit
0: yeah Let's hold off on that, because what you get, the first thing you get is a bit of something that is quite like actual Star Wars and uses footage from A New Hope. It's still about Han Solo's determination to get Chewbacca back to his home planet for Life Day, which... The the title Life Day just reminds me of that Simpsons episode where the Greetings card company need a new holiday and they go, Call it something like Love Day only, not as lame. <laughs> yeah. I mean
1: uh I uh, it was nice to see Harrison Ford phoning in, possibly his best phone in, best performance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Bruce Willis, take notes. I I think I think this is where Bruce Willis got his phone-in face from, is the Star Wars Holiday Special.
0: (laughs) I I love the idea that Bruce Willis is a Star Wars Holiday Special mega-fan. I mean, it, it, it makes me connect with him a bit, because my secret shame is this might just be the only piece of Star Wars media that I have watched more than once.
1: You made me watch it again. I watched
0: it years ago, and I swore never again. (laughs) <laughs> you made me watch it again, <laughs> I mean, I am not a Star Wars fan, but everything about this special just has this magnetic morbid interest to me.
1: See, I am a Star Wars fan, but then again, I am a science fiction fan in general mm. um more of a more of a science fiction junkie, I would say, just take the hard sci fi and inject it in my veins.
0: <laughs> is that why they call it half sci-fi? Yeah, I love...
1: I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love everything about science fiction. Um, I am a fantasy junkie as well, but fa- sci-fi is more my jam. And for me, Star Wars was basically... I wouldn't call it sci-fi. I'd call it science fantasy because it's got space wizards and stuff like that. But mm. there's a lot to love about the movies and the whole lore of the universe. And I was heavily into the expanded universe. So I... I I I really wanted to hit to hurt people at Disney when they decided to get rid of the expanded universe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can't imagine the rage that was there. But the holiday special has always had a special place in my heart because for me, it's like watching a car crash in action. <laughs> you know when <laughs> you know when you're a witness to a horrific car accident and you just can't take your eyes off it and you know. That it's wrong to keep watching. Absolutely, you know you yes. need to look away, but it's just there's just this horrendous fascination with it, and then you spend years trying to forget what you've seen, all the horrific incidents and all of the uh, all of the wailing and the screaming and the, and the panting the over. Honking. <coughs> yeah, the the,
0: the, <laughs> the honking wookies. <laughs> oh god, the honking wookies. I I measured this, and after that opening clip of Harrison Ford in the opening credits, you have to wait 12 minutes for your first (laughs) non-honked piece of dialogue.
1: And there's there's no subtitles. No. (laughs) There's not a single subtitle in the entire thing, but somehow you kind of... Do you know, I, I will I will say it's a credit to the acting of the people in the costumes that they somehow get the message across
0: <laughs> <laughs> But still I mean, for a while there was a consensus that the Wookiee stuff was what you had to slog through to get to the really kitsch insanity later on. But I love the Wookiee stuff. It is like a Tim and Eric sketch. It goes on for so long that it stops being funny, then starts again. Just the the entirety of uh Wookiee Happy Families is
1: just it's Who came up with this idea? <laughs>
0: I did a bit of research on this, and the the production history of it is interesting because it's got two credited directors, which is two more than you'd think would be present.
1: Oh God, yeah. I mean, um, it, it's one of those ones that I know had a troubled, troubled production.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a troubled viewing experience. So you know, um. But yeah, it was originally going to be directed by a guy called David Okombo, who was one of George Lucas's classmates at film school. But he just had no grasp of multi-camera television. At the time, television was produced in a radically different way to films, and he just couldn't cope with it. Um, So he was out... And they got in Steve Binder, who directed the Elvis Presley 68 comeback special, and you would think would be a safe pair of hands for something like this. But his only contact with Lucasfilm was when they gave him like a pamphlet about Wookiees. Oh, the Wookiee Bible. Yeah, the Wookiee Bible, (laughs)
1: yes. Yeah, Yeah, the Wookiee Bible is kind of legendary in Star Wars circles. Oh, is it? Because... Yeah, it, it, it's 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 attained, like, mythical status because there are so many people who know that the Wookiee Bible exists but have never seen it and don't know what's in it. And we know that it's only supposed to be, like, this is what Wookiees look like and maybe a few bits of their habits. That's it. <laughs> we know that's, that it's basically a, so, something as simple as that, but it's attained this legendary status because... Of the holiday special.
0: (laughs) It's quite odd, though, isn't it? Because every account you read of the making of A New Hope basically says George Lucas had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of mythology that we, you know, people around him taught him to pair back into that story and then he Mm. threw it all back into the prequel trilogy. Um, But yeah, it, it does seem like there's no information being given to binder about the star wars universe other than we have these big heavy things that go honk good luck
1: <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> but, but given that it's the 70s that sounds like the plot of a porn movie <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It did on a very different. It also movie. sounds like the title of a pod movie as well. Big, heavy things <laughs> that go
1: honk. Yes. Or yeah. a Russ Meyer movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's got a certain George Kutscher vibe to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, It kept making me think that if Lucasfilm were really on the ball, they'd have their rip-off version of Untitled Goose Game with Lumpy (laughs) by now. Yes.
1: I mean, uh, uh, I I, I, I perish the thought of a game involving uh, Lumpy because... (sighs) There, there are certain characters in in television and film that you just you look at them and you go, "You're a brat," and yes. you, you you deserve to be in military school or you deserve <laughs> a good a, a good smack. Lumpy's Lumpy. right up there.
0: Lumpy has my favourite bit of the opening credits where it builds up and up through all of the characters and actors you care about and have seen in other things. And the final thing is, and introducing Lumpy! And he just turns to the camera and whips his hair back and goes, this <laughs> a big stupid grin. And it, yeah. it's spectacular. I love it. I, the thing about the credits
1: though, did you notice the discrepancy? Between In the, credits.
0: the credits and the concept of good taste,
1: no, it's just everyone every, you got Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia and Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker and Harrison Ford as Han Solo, and then you got uh, oh, I forgotten his name who plays C3 po and the guy Anthony who plays Daniels. Chewbacca, yeah, and then it gets to an R2 D2 as R2 D2, <laughs> <laughs> and, <you're like, laughs> and you're like, hang on. That's a serious Kenny Baker diss. Well, this is the thing: is it a diss to Kenny Baker, or did he just not want to be involved? <laughs> <laughs> did you take one look at it and go, "Nope, how about?
0: I showed this to a friend who is a reasonably big Star Wars fan, but it's still some still somehow not familiar with this, and I think
1: went then. He, then he's not a real Star Wars fan. every every star this is this is the baptism of fire for every star wars fan every true star wars fan has to have watched the holiday special you're not a true star wars fan until you've watched it because this is the lowest point that star wars would reach until the sequel trilogy
0: it It is one of those things like, you know, those American universities where to get into the exclusive fraternities, you have to be, like, spanked for a whole night or something. Oh, God,
1: yeah. They should change it to the Star Wars hazing special. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I showed it to my friend, and when that clip of Mark Hamill appeared in the opening <laughs> credits, she nearly passed out because it is such a strange image.
1: Oh God! I mean, uh, Mark Hamill in the credits, and when he appears finally on screen, he looks coked up to the eyeballs. But I have it on I have it on good authority that he wasn't the one coked up to the eyeballs during the production. Oh boy, we'll that get was to Carrie that. Fisher. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. <laughs> but Hamill uh, Hamill had had a was it a motorcycle accident?
1: Yeah, he the, he'd had some kind of accident in the run up to the holiday special. So. They kind of had to use a bit more makeup than normal, and that, and yeah.
0: he looks like a haunted waxwork. He looks
1: like the waxwork of himself that's been animated. <laughs>
0: he has this smile that makes it look like he's gone ill-advisedly method to voice the Joker.
1: I th- I believe they call it a rictus.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I believe they call it vigamortis. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's just uh, uh, quite seriously though. When when he's doing that whole that whole bit where he's going, trying to get, uh, is, is her name Nala or Mala? I can't remember. I think uh, it's, it's Mala. Mala, I Jack. think. Yeah, Mala, I think it is. But when he's trying to get her to smile, mm. <laughs> oh, the only thing in the back of my head was Heath Ledger going, why so serious? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Put on a happy face, Mal, just like my horrifying death grimace. Exactly.
1: <laughs> just going up to the... Just kind of leaning close up to the camera going, do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, after this, we have the aforementioned... 12 minutes of solid honking. (laughs) (laughs) We're back to the 70s Paul movie. (laughs) It seems ambitious for some people, doesn't it? Don't promise 12 minutes if you can't deliver. Oh, God. But then we get to the skits, Rob, the skits.
1: Change the K to another letter and you're right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: this is one of those variety show ingredients that just does not transfer to star wars in any fashion because it it used to be the thing that if you were doing a variety show you had to get a bunch of tv comedians usually paul lind one of the miracles of the star wars holiday special is even paul lind seems to have looked at it and thought jesus no uh, but comedy skits and musical numbers to intersperse the bits with whatever thin story you have, and so it holds. We have Art Carney, we have Harvey Korman, we have, yeah. and we'll get to Be Arthur later. But yeah, they're all the gang's all there.
1: Not only Art Carney and uh, Be Arthur and that. I mean, you have got Diane Carroll and Jefferson Starship.
0: Yes. Jefferson Starship, I guess, at least sound like they could fit into the Star Wars universe.
1: Yeah, and the tune wasn't bad, but yeah. the Diane Carroll bit was just... Oh. We're going to
0: have to talk about the Diane Carroll bit because it is, there is a lot of competition for this, but this is surely the worst bit of the holiday special.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, aside from her launching into what was a reasonable tune? Mm -hmm. Yeah, fairly normal but that was interspersed with all sorts of honking and grunting and lip smacking (laughs) from
0: (laughs) it is great I I realise that it is like, it is just part of Star Wars lore that everyone can understand Wookiees and that's fine I'm perfectly content with that being a rule of the show but it has never been more incongruous than Diane Cavill as a sexy hologram going I'm guessing your message. Are you guessing mine? And being replied to with... <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, it's just... oh, uh, Dirty old grandpa itchy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because that is literally what's happening. Art Carney has come in as a trader. And he's... He's giving the Wookiees these supplies, but he tells Itchy that you've got this hologram pack. that's a real wow, you know what I mean? And you think, oh God, you know, please let it not be that.
1: Do you know the 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 thing is right? And uh, I found this out about the holiday special. I did I did do a little bit of research. That I think bit you need to
0: process it, yeah.
1: That bit is actually in the script for Ask Carney... To basically introduce that Diane Carroll thing to Itchy, as if it was an X-rated movie.
0: Yeah, no, it's actually
1: uh, scripted in like that.
0: I, I mean, I'm not surprised because that's absolutely how it plays on screen, and
1: yeah, you are just it was meant to play like that. That's a thing. It's yeah. actually in the script, and I'm like. wasn't this for kids
0: yeah yeah (laughs) and i i can i I suppose if i if you ask me to try and struggle and think of the ethos behind it i guess that's the something for the dads bit you know that's the bit where it's legs and core coming onto top of the pops that's you know
1: but so hang on there's something for the ladies bit was the cooking bit then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe Yeah I don't know
1: Because <laughs> um, that's just bizarre I mean with a multi-armed Harvey Korman in drag That's just <laughs>
0: A multi-armed Harvey Korman in drag Impersonating Julia Childs, Offering you the opportunity yes. to say Who played it better Meryl Streep or Harvey Corman?
1: Meryl Streep.
0: It might just be Streep. Might then it, again,
1: yeah. then, uh, then again, thinking about it, it is a close call. Now that you, now that you got me thinking about it, it's <laughs> it's really close, isn't it? <laughs> and I knew Harvey Carbon was was like I knew he was what's the word, um, you know, when you can basically fit into any role.
0: Uh, the man's a chameleon, yes.
1: Yeah. I knew he was a bit of a chameleon when it came to acting, but that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> it's just. I am I, absolutely stuck on the fact that having made this decision, a bad decision, let's make it clear, having made this bad decision that there has to be a bit where Chewbacca's dad watches hologram porn, they said have him just do it in his favourite armchair. He is doing this universe's equivalent of wanking. In an armchair with his family. <laughs> In the hands. living room. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Happy Life Day. <laughs> that's just their custom. Maybe guy. it's a Life Day tradition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I and mean, maybe that's what the Imperials were after.
0: Maybe, yes. Yeah, their stash. <laughs> it reminded me of one of the most embarrassing bits of Star Wars lore that I think they've tidied away now, but you know the sort of ersatz jazz, the kind of codwag time that's always playing in places like the canteen and in Jabba's Palace. Uh, Lucas originally called that jizz and said that the people who played it were not called musicians, they were called jizz-whalers. I feel that Itchy is absolutely jizz wailing him this moment (laughs) oh my
1: god (laughs) no 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 because now you're ruining my memories of Bob Marley
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) so what are the one of the weird things about these skits that I think people don't pick up on because they're distracted by horrible shit like what we've just been talking about. But one of the things people miss is that even in a light sort of campy variety special about Star Wars you still have to deal with the fact that this part of the galaxy is ruled by space Nazis. Yeah. And and you have Arkady yeah. and Bea doing skits that are Basically, like riffs on things from Casablanca and stuff like that, because there's no way you can just have a bit of light fun in this universe.
1: Which you know, given that it's for kids, is just kind of yeah. Um, it's gone from light-hearted but bizarre entertainment to the Diary of Anne Frank. Yes, and I'm like, that's a <clears throat> that's a sharp turn to the left. It really is. Or the right, even. Or the, no, it's a sharp turn to the right, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let me get that right.
0: Yes. I think after this, it's interesting <clears throat> that after that Diane Carroll sequence, I forget what order things are in, because my brain has been destroyed.
1: Um, It's uh after the Diane Carroll sequence. I think it's... I think it's basically the cooking bit first, is it? And yeah. then the Diane Carroll sequence, if I remember rightly, because um, Art Carney turns up, and in between then there's all the thing about contacting like Mark Hamill, where's where's Chewbacca and mm. Han Solo, and then the contact Princess Leia, where is everybody? Um, and then Art Carney turns up with all that stuff, and then I think um, Lumpy takes. Some present upstairs and then you see his room and then the the Imperials turn up. And then when the Imperials turn up, there's there are two weird bits when Only the Imperials two. turn up. The first one is oh no no, just two 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 that stand out, let's see. <laughs> the Imperials turn up and they're just like the campest Imperials I've ever seen on camera. <laughs> And it's it's as if someone had uh, someone someone looked at Kenneth Williams and said he should be an imperial, but maybe torn it down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like that. I it, 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 it it's they turn up and then they have Lumpy watching some weird, bizarre Star Wars cartoon.
0: Oh yeah, he's got his little mini holograms, hasn't he? That do acrobatics.
1: Oh yeah, uh, that's that's the thing that that's that's the bit that we missed is that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because that, that 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 I think happens when uh Mala's cooking. Yes, she puts you're right. the uh, no. Uh, Itchy puts the hologram on for Lumpy and yeah. him to uh, for Lumpy to watch, and all. That's just the weirdest thing. There's just this giant Wookie face while the little <laughs> characters do acrobatics. <laughs> I'm just like, oh god.
0: <laughs> But yeah, you're right, aren't you? There, there is this cartoon segment in it, which seems to be the bit that people liked. The well, it's kind of it's kind of one of the best bits of the
1: entire holiday special because number one, you have giant face Han Solo.
0: Yes, Han Solo, who this week will be played <laughs> by Mick Jagger. Yes. Uh,
1: number two you have uh, an actual decent plot yes. involving Boba Fett. And, you know, <clears throat> shirtless Boba Fett was a thing at that point. I don't know why. <laughs> shirtless Boba Fett riding a dinosaur that eats that eats spaceships.
0: Your argument is invalid.
1: Yeah, all of the good ideas went into the cartoon. It's like, hmm, Boba Fett, but he's shirtless. Yes, that, that's that's a that's a good thing to have in here. Dinosaurs, <laughs> but they eat spaceships. That's a good thing in there. Boba Fett shirtless, well, riding a spaceship-eating dinosaur, it's a win.
0: You make it sound pleasantly like an old spice advert.
1: I actually want that as a poster. Boba <laughs> Fett, shirtless Boba Fett, riding a spaceship-eating dinosaur. If they made that poster, it would sell like hotcakes because all the Star Wars fans have won it. <laughs>
0: But this this cartoon segment is the reason why, as much as people want to, you can't just get rid of the Star Wars holiday special. It will always have that status as being the first on-screen appearance of Boba Fett, no matter how much no one wants that.
1: Yeah, um, it will also be a testament to how stupid Luke Skywalker actually was. (laughs) <laughs> during that uh during that those first two films especially in star wars because he turns up and you have this helmet wearing shirtless guy riding a dinosaur that eats spaceships and he's like i'm your friend and even though c3po says friend you know it's just a word isn't it <laughs> maybe we shouldn't <laughs> trust him that much and luke skywalker is going no no he said he's my friend we can trust him <laughs>
0: The other piece of testament to how uh, stupid Luke Skywalker is at this point is the fact that he agreed to be in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But this this has a certain following. Uh, this cartoon. This is on. Are you aware that this cartoon has been exerted and put on Disney Plus?
1: Yes. So I knew about the, that.
0: The only. <laughs> piece of the Star Wars Holiday Special that is available through official channels now.
1: Oh god, yeah. I uh, One of the good things about getting rid of the Expanded Universe was that the majority of the Holiday Special went missing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and I think that's one of the few positives. So, I mean, we we were talking about how the Stormtroopers and the Imperial Guards in this are not quite as intimidating as they should be and final evidence comes when they are fooled into returning to their base by Lumpy
1: Yeah, I mean there is a bit of evidence before then when the, one of them sits down to a Jefferson Starship song.
0: Oh yes, of course we've skipped over <laughs> the reason why I pawned this into pop screen it's got Jefferson Starship <laughs> in
1: I mean, it does have Diane Carroll as well, but Jefferson Starship.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Jefferson Starship with pink microphones.
0: (laughs) Well, yes. Um... That look
1: decided like other things that he's waving around his mouth.
0: (laughs) They've got it, cheese vobes. Actually, think about it. This is the thing that Marley is watching, isn't it? So this is just something for the ladies, isn't it? Jefferson oh, Starship. Oh,
1: God. Oh, God. Yeah. No. Bad, Graham. Bad. No. Get it out, out of my head. Out of my head. <laughs> you. You. <laughs> and I know it's rude to point.
0: This is, it's not a bad song, is it? The Jefferson Starship one. It's a perfectly decent song. Perfectly decent
1: Jefferson Starship song. But it's been ruined now. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're acting like it wasn't tarnished slightly by being in this context.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's got a slight tarnish, but then again, most of the music from that era has a slight tarnish to it. It's got and, something attached to it.
0: <laughs> well, this is This is one of the things about the Star Wars Holiday Special that I find interesting. Now, as I've said, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but in one crucial way, this led me to a greater appreciation of the original series, which is that... You look at the original Star Wars trilogy, and barring the odd computer readout or shag haircut, they're Mm. pretty timeless, aren't they? Yeah. Certainly, when you compare it to something like this, which is so Carter administration, I felt like the prices of my oil shares going down as I watched it. And you think, oh yeah, it could have been like this.
1: See this is the thing that uh I think works for the the original trilogy for Star Wars there's nothing fundamentally in those films that dates it to that particular time period yeah because it's so it, because everything is so distanced from the 70s and 80s by the fact that it happened a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away yeah so they could literally do whatever they wanted they had a the blank piece of paper they could do whatever they wanted. The problem is that a lot of other sci-fi from that period, from the seventies, the late seventies, and the and up to the late eighties, even, it felt the need to kind of ground itself in in what was in the real world, whether it was the fashion, whether it was the clothing, the music, that sort of thing. So when you look at something like Buck Rogers, mm. for example. It grounds itself firmly in the 1970s and 80s, especially when it comes to uh, Buck Rogers doing the dance number with whatever a face is. Um, and just the fashion of the time. When you look at Battle Beyond the Stars, the fashion basically dates it horribly. When you look at all sorts of other sci-fi from that period, um, you know, oh, what was it? Uh, not Battle Beyond the Stars. Uh, the Logan's Last Starfighter? Run. Oh, right, Yeah, yeah. Logan's Run. last Logan's run is dated by the fashion and the haircuts. Yeah, yeah, very disco. Um, The uh, the last Starfighter is firmly set in kind of the early to mid eighties on planet Earth, then goes into space. Yeah, yeah. And so my favorite
0: example of this, by the way, is the Canon Films Master the Universe adaptation. Just because I remember being so crushed watching it as a kid and realizing that. You know, Someone had gone, kids love these adventure stories set on a fantasy land. Imagine how much more they'd love it if it was set in New Jersey. So, yeah, how did this studio ever go bankrupt? The
1: Masters of the Universe film, I kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for. Yeah. And the reason why is because that was part of a run of Dolph Lundgren movies where he was trying his best to be an actor. He was trying so hard to be an actor. And somebody looked at Dolph Lundgren and went, he's huge, he's muscular, he'd be good as He-Man. Does he speak English? That's not our problem. <laughs> 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 and so he got cast as He-Man. But in amongst that, he also did uh, a couple of others. He did this earlier one, which was actually pretty good, about some alien, some alien drug dealer who was coming to Earth in injecting people with loads of drugs and then harvesting the endorphins directly from their brain mm-hmm. because that was a massive drug in outer space. So basically an alien serial killer. There's and no he's a cop. He's a cop who's hunting down this alien serial killer. Typical 80s action sci-fi movie with all of the one-liners. Yeah. And it was a pretty decent movie. And then he did The Punisher. <laughs>
0: Ah uh, yes, the Punisher. Uh, it's funny. How and I think
1: was... that's, I think that's where his where his uh, action movie career ended for a little bit.
0: <laughs> it's funny how people always struggle to get that right, considering it is the most basic concept in all of superhero-dom.
1: But the Punisher has the most amazing line in cinema. Do you not know? Which one? Do you know how man how long a man can live after you cut out his heart? A long wait for it. Time. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally. A... Maybe the pause is a bit more extreme in my version, but yeah. <laughs>
0: they don't write them like that anymore. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> So yeah, Lumpy defeats the Imperial Guards with the help of another Harvey Korman character who is like this robot skit that goes on forever.
1: Oh God, yeah, they, they. I, the man is a chameleon, but
0: maybe that's not the type of chameleon he is. <laughs> The man is a chameleon in that I would like to trap him in a very hot transparent box and just leave him there. Yeah, see,
1: I reckon, right, I reckon Harvey Carman would be better served. Remember that advert with the chameleon where it goes breaks into the Bollywood number and it's just the <laughs> chameleon just dancing away? Yes. That would have been a better better use of Harvey Carman if he was in that advert as the chameleon.
0: Well... I mean, we we get something terrifyingly close to that, don't we, with the next set piece, which is the cantina thing.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Uh, The good guy doesn't get the message bit. (laughs) (laughs) Is he still a good guy if he doesn't get the message?
0: (laughs) This is the bit with American national treasure Beartha and my notes at this point say I wish there was a high-res screenshot of Beartha snuggling up to a giant rat puppet because it would be my avatar everywhere. Do you know what you've done? What? Because <laughs> you
1: just you described her as a national treasure, and now those two movies have taken on in a different <laughs> meaning. <laughs> Nicholas Cage in the hunt for a picture of Biatha with a giant rat.
0: <laughs> Finally, a Hollywood action hero I can relate to. I mean, uh, I, 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 I would love
1: that to be National Treasure 3. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. So the the thing that I remember <laughs> most about this sequence is that they slow down the the jizz, as we know, they slow the jizz uh, from the canteen <laughs> sequence, and turn it into this sort of cod Brecht and Vile ballad. <laughs> but... <laughs> I think we broke, Rob. <laughs> I was watching you try to hold that laugh in through that sense and it was a bit like, is it uh, Live and Let Die, the Bond film where the guy gets locked in a decompression chamber and just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean the whole thing with the with this slowing the just <laughs> The reason why I was laughing so much is because I remembered the imperial transition trans transmission, sorry about about martial law being declared, <laughs> and my brain went, "We're gonna lock down the jizz." <laughs> <laughs>
0: One of the first paths of a totalitarian government when they take power, of course, control, the jizz.
1: <laughs>
0: but, yeah. I'm um, calm again,
1: I'm calm again.
0: <laughs> that, this is the most astonishing fact about the behind-the-scenes deals at the Star Wars Holiday Special for me. That song that kind of cod cabaret thing that Be Arthur is singing while waltzing with all of the things from the cantina. Like, if you've ever wanted to see Be Arthur look longingly at Greedle, and who hasn't, this is this is your movie, right? Yeah. Um, but that was written by Gillian Welch's mum and dad. Really? Gillian Welch, perhaps the greatest living country singer had her parents write that songs for the Star Wars holiday special. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And yet she has yet to cover them live, which I think is very ungrateful. These people (laughs) gave you life, Jillian. They gave you life day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, watching this made my brain hurt again.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you cannot possibly have worse brain freeze than Carrie Fisher does in the bit immediately after this, though, so that's quite comforting.
1: Uh, Yeah, that... See, this is the thing. When you think it can't get any stranger (laughs) than it already has been for the last... I mean, the damn thing lasts an hour and 37, 38 minutes.
0: Oh, man, it's long,
1: yeah. And... And for a lot of that, you just kind of... Do you know that scene at towards the end of A Clockwork Orange where they force his eyes open? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like that, but you have no contraptions keeping your eyes open. You're just kind of glued to the screen because you can't believe somebody paid for this to be made.
0: Yes, your own trauma and disbelief is the eye clamps in this metaphor.
1: Yeah, I mean, somebody paid for this to be made. Not only that, all of these actors agreed to be in this.
0: Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Because you... You'd assume if something like this happened now, you would assume that a studio had a contract that said you must appear in this film and at least two of its sequels and any television promotional material be deemed fit. But I don't think they had contracts that cast iron in old Hollywood, so they must have, they must have sold it to Hamill and Fisher and Ford and everyone as a good idea. Well-
1: I think in the case of Hamill and Ford, my first thought was, "What what do, what dirt do they have on them?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that, excuse me, I know that the original Star Wars film they didn't think it was going to succeed as hard as it did. Mm. So obviously the contracts weren't in place yes. for them to do the holiday special because they didn't think it was going to succeed. It was a shot in the dark, after all. Mm. Um, the fact that it ran for as long as it did in cinemas and was such a success, everybody pretty much agrees that was a shock to everybody. Yeah. And that's why George Lucas was able to keep as much of it as possible because the studios had no faith in it whatsoever.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, you know, it, it they, they never did that ever again after that. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he basically changed how studios agree to film distribution and stuff like that it, because of Star Wars. It changed the whole game, but that, we're not here to talk about that. The thing is, I think everyone else, some people might have agreed out goodwill. Some people might have agreed out of favors. In in the case of Mark Hamill, I think he probably did it out of goodwill. In the case of Harrison Ford, my first thought was, "What dirt do they have on him?" Yeah. In the case of Carrie Fisher, I think it was. I think it was more a case of. Here's here's a white powder trail, Carrie <laughs> <laughs> Just follow the white lines
0: <laughs> because By the end of it, you think this cannot get any weirder. We've already seen that image of Wookiees just marching into a star, which, if you showed me that out of context and said it was from Heaven's Gate's suicide video or something, I would believe that. It has the absolute weird UFO cult vibe that would make me believe it. And then, and then, Carrie Fisher sings... To the tune of John Williams's Star Wars theme.
1: Yeah. It's it it's something that Yeah, you spend a lifetime trying to forget. Especially when you share the same birthday as Carrie Fisher. Oh do
0: you?
1: <laughs> yes, I do. Twenty first of October.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: Same day as Planet Earth, in fact. Some people say it's the twentieth. I believe it's the twenty first.
0: Okay. Right, fair enough. Um I can't imagine how that's been calculated.
1: It was that uh, Usher fella who basically used the Bible to work out that the uh, that the planet Earth was created in four thousand and four BC.
0: Oh wow, wow. I I can't, I'm kind of surprised to hear you Usher did that. I just <laughs> remember him doing R and B slow jams, but uh, yeah, maybe he's got a screaming <laughs> to his ball. <bowl. laughs> <laughs>
1: Not only does he does he have fancy footwork. <laughs>
0: Do all the that hand work on his abs at the same time.
1: I think you're going to have to take him seriously. <laughs> you got me good on that one. I mean... <laughs> I, I have no idea what I was going to say after that.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I... I I don't know if we could have followed it to a satisfying conclusion because all I can remember about that musical number is that everyone, apart from Harry Fisher, lo- Carrie Fisher, Fisher looks haunted.
1: And that's because Carrie Fisher had no idea what was going on. <laughs> 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 they just told her to sing, and <laughs> she's like, "Okay." <laughs> 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 I think she. I think at that point she was probably the only one happy to be there. <laughs> yeah,
0: she was celebrating life. And boy, was there some <laughs> celebrating going on!
1: Oh god, yeah. I mean, it's it's no secret she's been quite vocal about just the amount of drugs she was taking at that point. And so when you see the look on her face, when you see the smile on her face in that sequence, that is a genuine smile of somebody who is happy to be there and has no clue what's going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Compare and contrast it to Mark Hamill in the opening credits. It was, if anything, too lucid. He knows exactly what he signed up for. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Is it
1: any wonder he is one of the best Jokers now? (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's like, if Jared Leto wants to do some big method thing to play the Joker, he doesn't have to send his castmates (laughs) dead rats or anything. You you just, you understand horrifying nihilism once you've been in the Star Wars (laughs) holiday special.
1: Yeah, I mean, other people can't understand. I. It literally is a case of, you weren't there, man. You weren't
0: there. <laughs> it's 70s Hollywood's own Vietnam. <laughs>
1: In the holiday special, the first casualty is innocence.
0: <laughs> In the holiday special, Just the wind a... <laughs> doesn't blow, it sucks.
1: Can you imagine that, though? Instead of uh, instead of you know the platoon cover where he's up, uh, where he's on his knees with his arms up in the air. If that's Harrison Ford, has <laughs> Han Solo like that. It just says the Star Wars holiday special. Just the imagine, first casualty
0: is innocence. Just imagining Mark, ha- uh, just imagining Martin Sheen <laughs> going into the shadows at the end of Apocalypse. Now, when asking if anyone's there and getting the response. <laughs> <laughs> You've been sent oh, up the river to terminate itching with extreme prejudice.
1: Oh, god, uh, the first Rambo film would be very different. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: It's a fair point. I've always thought the Rambo <laughs> franchise could be massively improved with skits from Harvey Corman.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of, uh, uh, a slow number from the Arthur somewhere in there as well, <laughs> towards the end.
0: <laughs> Nestling her head in between sliced-alone concrete texts <laughs> Oh, I mean, well, it won't think... be
1: the most bizarre thing that Sly's done. Absolutely not. That that uh, I mean, even he admits uh, uh, he makes jokes about it now. He 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 says uh, when people try and t- call him a bad actor, he's like, "You never saw stop all my man will shoot."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which had Estelle get him? So he could be collecting golden girls. That could be his.
1: Thing. I know. <laughs> That's a weird thing, Sly.
0: Look, everyone's got to have a hobby. <laughs> you make him
1: sound like the collector from The Simpsons.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Notice I went with the collector from The Simpsons and not the collector from Marvel.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the collector from Marvel needs some dignity <laughs> retaining. <laughs> And he has Howard the Duck in a glass case. He's got low standards.
1: Uh, it depends on how you look. Howard the Duck is from a parallel, from a parallel universe. Yeah. The, hist- hi- the history of Howard the Duck is complicated. <laughs> Seriously. We're
0: back We're back on George Lucas now, aren't we?
1: Yes, we are. Well, technically, yes.
0: Yes. But um, have, 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 are we capable of having any final thoughts? Have we got like brain power left after some of this? Um,
1: I think the holiday special did one. If if anything good came out of the holiday special, it's this, right? Mm. They never did holiday specials like that ever again.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cause they could have done. They could have done. They could have done the Empire Strikes Back holiday special. Oh, my God, that would have been horrible. Yes. (laughs) Can you imagine the Empire Strikes Back holiday special?
0: (laughs) I think that the subterranean bleakness of having all of the skits be about smuggling things past Imperial Guards would be massively magnified in the Empire Strikes Back holiday special.
1: Or 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 you got Darth Vader giving out life day presents to his closest friends like the Emperor and what what present has he brought the Emperor? Oh, it is your uh, greatest enemy sealed in carbonite. Goes to his (laughs) next friend, your greatest enemy sealed in carbonite.
0: See, so a life day special with Darth Vader would offer such magnificent plot spoiler opportunities as he'd just be giving presents to all his family, and now for you, my son. Oh shit! Yes, of course.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine though if that was if that was the whole day special was Darth Vader giving Luke his best friend sealed in carbonite? <laughs> I was going to give it to Jabba, but then I thought, you're my son. (laughs) (laughs) You need a friend.
0: (laughs) It's quite a good thing, then, that this killed the idea of the movie tie-in variety show forever. I don't want to be getting up to 2019 and having the Avengers Endgame holiday special.
1: You get enough Avengers shorts and Marvel shorts. Yeah. You know, and uh, some of them are great. Some of them are just weird.
0: Yeah. None of them are essential, I think it would be fair yeah. to say.
1: Yeah. None of them are essential. Uh, none of them are, uh, you know, none of them are completely necessary for you to watch. They just add flavor. And yeah. I think that's the best thing about the about the way Marvel uses the shots and stuff like that. And they're never taxing on your on your time. And I think that is one of the key things that we see. This is the weird thing, right? We've done holiday specials here in the UK, Mm. right? We've done holiday specials. We've done Christmas specials and stuff like that for TV shows for years. Yeah. And we seem to have a much better way of approaching them than the Americans do. And I don't understand what the difference is because we have bizarre crap like the like the Markman Wise Christmas special. Mm-hmm which has that wonderful sketch of the two of them waking up and making breakfast. Yeah, yeah. And no one ever questioned, this is the bizarre thing about Malcolm and Wise, is the fact that for decades we've had the two of them asleep in the same bed and no one questioned it.
0: Yes, yeah, that is very odd. Yeah, but I think British Christmas specials and New Year specials always have to be in universe. Sometimes to a bizarre extent, it's like people tune yeah. into the Extenders Christmas special just to see how depressing a resolution some running storyline's line's going to get. I'm see, not. I'm not saying that the Extenders Christmas specials would be better with Bea Arthur, but actually, I am. They would.
1: Yeah. Uh or or some kind of you know 70s disco number. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um because I think with the with the stuff like the Coronation Street Christmas special and the East Enders Christmas special, it's basically schadenfreude. Look, <laughs> it's worse on TV.
0: <laughs> yes. No matter how bad your family Christmas is, it's not Walford.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you just think, oh no. And then you have all the other stuff that goes on at Christmas. Uh, what was it? Uh, what's that dancing one that everyone's obsessed with these days?
0: Oh, Strictly Come Dancing.
1: Yeah, they've got the Christmas thing for that. And then they got Christmas. Do they still do Christmas sex Factor and stuff? I don't I know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, they, don't, they all seem to have their own Christmas versions of stuff. And the Americans seem to take the idea of the Christmas special and kind of ramp it up to 12, 13, 14. Yes. Let's add in more stars. Let's add in let let's add in people who are totally unrelated to this particular story, to this particular show, to this field entirely. So it might be, I don't know, Grey's Anatomy, the Christmas special. Let's just choose that out, uh, out of a random hat. <laughs> the Grey's Anatomy Christmas special. And in there, they've got like quarterbacks from the NFL, and they've got like—I
0: <laughs> don't know—politicians. Really from... good, to be honest. <laughs> this sounds fun. I suppose They're the deepest just... thing we've got to that in this country is increasingly the Taskmaster UBER special, which just—which, yeah—the <laughs> most bizarrely unsuitable people on it.
1: Taskmaster is in is in that's in its own world. Yeah. At this point, because how they get them to agree to do the show in the first place, when everyone knows what's going to happen,
0: they've got a member of the goddamn House of Lords on it this year.
1: I, uh, Victoria Corin Mitchell.
0: Yeah. Normally,
1: normally really intelligent, really smart, good decision making. <laughs> Goes on to Taskmaster and loses all faith in her abilities.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I think social scientists refer to it as beddling, uh, the Yes. Process where someone who is famous for, like, projecting a very, very smart image makes a complete buffoon of themselves on Taskmaster.
1: Oh, no, I mean, the weird thing is, the, uh, the one who came, the two who came off, no, the three who came off the best, in, I think, Series 12 of Taskmaster. Sorry, I know it's supposed to be the holiday special, but <laughs> Taskmaster is just as funny. Um, the the three who came off, uh, came off the best... Guz Khan came off really well.
0: Yeah, champion. <laughs> One of my ultimate um, fantasy contestants.
1: <clears throat> Morgana was amazing.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I adore her. She's brilliant. And um, Desiree.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Desiree
1: came off, Even though that that thing with the throw the darts at the balloon or throw the forks at the balloon, that task was amazing, just at (laughs) how badly she failed.
0: She didn't get off to the best start, but she pulled it around. Yes. Yeah. But then you've got... (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, yeah. we, we must wrap he, this up. I'm not going to I yes, talk yes. about Taskmaster all day, but I can't. Uh, so yeah, listeners, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, uh, we have a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash The Geek Show, where you can get an exclusive episode every month. Uh, this one, This month is about cats, so if you enjoy hearing us suffer today, you'll get more of that. Uh, but until next week, that's been your lot from PopScreen. I've been Graham. I've been Prob. And we'll see you next week.